0: As you know, Ash Wednesday is tomorrow, which begins the season of Lent before Easter. This is a season of preparation and renewal for the resurrection of our Lord at Easter. We practice prayer, sacrifice, fasting, almsgiving, and all of this is in order to help our faith grow deeper and grow our virtue of self-control among so many other incredible virtues that God just wants for us to grow in ourselves as people and especially as mothers, wives, and just the leaders in our families. I wanted to to share with you all a guest who joined us on an Advent, actually, an Advent episode two years ago. But everything she says is still very relevant for our examination of ourselves as we enter this holy season of Lent. She shares about choosing faith when our world says choose fear, and she talks about choosing to build our families with holiness instead of giving in to the world around us. Jess Carey is a former actress turned author who lives in Arizona with her husband, her two children, and her golden doodle. She is the author of the incredible book, Chart a Course, Taking a Journey with God at the Helm. You are going to love how Jess challenges us in this. Don't stop short when God has called you to something amazing. This is such a beautiful gift to give ourselves before we go into Lent tomorrow and and really want to focus on this kind of reflection in ourselves and what we're going to work on growing over the next 40 days. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? Do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the papers still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you.
1: And now my mom, who was a doggy mom for 12 years, to our boxer named Indy, Jennifer All.
0: Jess, I am so excited to have you here today. And you, it's so fun that we're recording. You keep showing up, and everyone I'm connected to on Instagram, and I didn't even know that they were picking you up for a podcast interview. We're all so excited to interview you right now because I, I just know my audience is going to love you as a mom, a wife, and just a friend to. Just build them up in so much self confidence on their journey to just understanding God more and what God's calling is for them in their life. So, thank you for taking time to be here with me today.
1: It is is a joy. And I love, okay, I mean, social media gets a really bad rap, right? It really does. And for good reason. But there are these shining moments and this is one of them where it's like you find a like-minded person and you develop this digital friendship that you know transpires into something actually tangible. So I love this. I'm excited. I am so excited too. All
0: right. And I agree with that. I have met some very very dear friends simply because of the gram.
1: (laughs) Yes. We love the IG. It is
0: good. All (laughs) right. So you are passionate about helping women be brave to answer God's calling for them. I'd love to open this interview with you sharing your story to be brave, to share your heart with us and write your first book, chart a course, taking a journey with God at the helm.
1: Yeah, so I am. That is one of the things that I feel God has um, imparted in me is this uh, risk taking personality. I. I dream really big, and actually, I go after those things with a lot of passion. Um, The unfortunate reality about someone who's what I call a starter is we have a harder time finishing things. (laughs) And so I'm certain there's a listener that at some point has thought, you know, hey, I should write a book. And I was that woman just a few short years ago. So even though I felt God had told me to actually become a writer more than 10 years ago, I didn't actually fully finish chart a course until about three years after I got the idea for it. And that was a journey where I was on my knees almost daily, just praying, God, help me finish it. Help me finish it. Help me complete it. Because I had 15 or 20 started projects on my hard drive that I just never fully got done. And it wasn't the brave to start it. It was actually the perseverance and the wherewithal, the courage to complete it and then to release it. So I think that sometimes our dreams, like we can, we can toy with them in our minds. Like we, oh, that would be so awesome great that would be amazing i wish i could and we say those types of things to ourselves and we might even start them we might even share it with a friend and you know start to journal about it or start to pull the initial pieces together but completing or manifesting the reality of the dream and then releasing it to do what god intended it to do that's the final hurdle and so in the book there's a whole segment called perseverance and it's all about these hurdles that actually come against us fulfilling the calling in our life. So, and it's really relevant right now. Obviously, we're all persevering in some aspect of this climate. Uh, but I think it's one of those things. If you're listening and you're like, yes, I want to I want to do the God dream. I want to complete the calling that God has purposed me to do. Don't just commit yourself to the full exploration. Commit yourself to the full journey, the full leg of the trip, and all that it's going to bring is going to be wild. What a
0: great point you brought up here, Jess. I love that you said it's not so much about the courage you had to have to start or being brave to start. It was the perseverance and courage to complete and release it. I can relate to that 100% with being a creative who came up with an idea and had to put it out in the world. I created my original Together, which later became Together for Family Dinner simply because I had developed more products. Originally, it was just called Together. And it was... Gosh, as you were talking, I just, I could feel that because it wasn't hard for me because I'm a starter too. I have a million ideas that I've been working on. And even right now I have several new additional products I've never even released into the world because the courage is in releasing it and letting people really see. And so I appreciate you saying that. Help someone who. Well, you said um, helping. Like the real, the real test, I guess, would be manifesting the reality of the dream and what God intended us to do. Can you share with us what do you think was critical for you to just finally be like? I'm, I'm making this happen. This this is going to happen. I can't keep this to myself anymore. This, this book for you. Yeah,
1: I think, well, interestingly, you know, when God gives you a clear vision, right. And he makes it incredibly plain then to, well, let me say this two things. God made the vision clear this was the title of the book i was supposed to do the investigating about what did it mean to actually chart a course uh even even god shared the analogy which was the parallel between ancient sea navigation you know sailors crossing the atlantic and then how we navigate our spiritual journey with god guiding and you know helping us to to map out the each leg of the journey But the second part of it that actually pushed me well over the edge, and I think that this will encourage the listeners too, is I spoke with my spiritual mentor. I shared the dream with her and I said, you know, I feel like God is asking me to write this book. And so I've started it. And and again, this was me. I was starting it. I was doing what I had always done, starting and not finishing. And she said something to me that convicted me so deeply in my spirit that I was like, oh my gosh, like I better finish this. And this is what she said. She said, Jess, if God has asked you to write this book, then people's very lives hang in the balance of you not finishing it. Your calling is directly linked to other people's salvation and life-giving hope. And I was like, oh, 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 you know, like wow, that is intense. <laughs> but I knew that she was right. I knew that God has, had told me to do something that my obedience to completing actually meant freedom for somebody who would read it. Now that could just mean one person. That could just mean one person's soul, one person's, you know, life giving message, but it was worth that one person for me.
0: Hmm. That really gave me the chills hearing that because, yeah, that's. I mean, we think when we're the creative, well, geez, who is this really going to help? I mean, is it going to help like five people? That's good, but can I put in all this time to do this? But when it comes down to it, it really—I'm sure you have so many people that have reached out to you who have said this book has helped them, and you're—you think in that moment. This was worth it to hear this one person story. So does one person matter? It absolutely does because you see the significance. That's so cool that she told you that. Yeah. I I just love that. That leads to my next question. One of the reviews on your website says the stories within the book show how challenging it is to say yes to God and then move on that obedience when the prayer is answered. I'm so excited to be talking about this at Christmas time because Isn't that the story of the birth of Jesus? Now, we can't fully assume it was challenging necessarily for Mary to say yes, but I'm pretty sure we can assume it was. But we do know that she had to make a decision to move on that obedience, and she had to move in faith. I'd love for you to share more with us about how you feel this obedience as mom's raising strong families is so true in today's world. And maybe add the challenges that you see with that and why we really have to be brave to be obedient to that. Yes.
1: Sure. Well, I, I mean, it was hard for Mary to say yes, come on. Like, you know, given her culture and <laughs> given where she was at the time, you know, I, I think about that and what an incredible gift her obedience ended up being. I mean, what if she'd given the response that I've given God so often, which is kind of like, God, I mean, I know that you said to do that today, but could I just wait till tomorrow? Cause I have a lot of things on the plate today or, you know, anything like that. It's like, her delayed obedience would have made more sense logically, right? She would have been married to Joseph. Like, there would have been no question in the culture, like, oh, where did this baby come from? You know, but that robbed, that would be robbing God of the glory. And it actually would rob the world of the miracle of the virgin birth. Now, that's like big picture. We can see that now, obviously, in hindsight. But as you're being asked to obey right now, you don't necessarily get the God logic, right? We don't think the way God thinks. And so when he asks you to do something, it's actually really um, challenging because it will require faith. And so as modern moms, how can we model Mary's obedience in our own families and in our own lives? And I have a couple of thoughts. Like, first of all, we need to demonstrate faith when the world says we should fear, right? So the world says, oh, hesitate. Oh, delay. Maybe you should analyze every angle before you jump off that cliff, you know, whatever that might be. And, and there's so many examples of this. Like there's global circumstances right now, COVID, financial crisis, elections, all the things that tell us that we should Wait. For many things, right? We should just sit back. We should be cautious, um, individuals. But I think that God and His Church and people of faith should be on the front lines, leaning forward in hope, having an expectant heart for a glorious future. God can usher in some amazing revolutions uh, in our in our spirit, in our communities even during these seasons of doubt. So that's the first thing. We need to be people of faith and act in faith, especially when fear says sit at home and and wait it out. And then the second thing is spend time in our Bibles more than we spend scrolling. That's convicting for me. But um, I really do think that the more that we understand God's word and his truth, and the more that we commit that to memory and we're meditating on it, the more likely we are to know and recognize when God's asking us to do something. We're like, Oh yeah, that sounds like this passage of scripture. That sounds like something God would ask me to do. And then that's the last thing is sort of tuning our ears to God's voice, understanding when God is speaking to us. And I know this, this can be super ethereal. This can be really challenging. And a lot of people tell me all the time, I don't hear God's voice. And I would challenge that by saying, yes, but do you understand God's character? Do you spend enough time listening to, um, you know, people of faith, pastors, preachers? Do you listen to podcasts that equip you to take the faith journey? Are you reading the word? Because all of those things actually speak God's voice. And, And in that, it's like, here's a good example. You hear a commercial on TV, right? And the the voiceover actor, you're like trying to place it in your head. You're like, who is that? I know that voice. Who is that speaking, right? That's how we have to get with the voice of God in our life. We got to know when James Earl Joan and the voice of God is talking to us <laughs> that we're like, oh yeah, that's Jesus's voice. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so I say, that's just a nice analogy to think about. When you're trying to hear what does the Holy Spirit sound like, you know, f- listen for James Earl Jones.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I just wrote so many notes down where I'm like, bring her back for another episode on this, another episode on this, another. <laughs> you just gave us so much goodness right there. But I want to pull out a couple of things. Um you said how can we model mary's obedience at home as moms and i think that's such a beautiful way to look at this and it ties into the next thing you said is the world's not asking us to look at our role as mom that way the the world is saying Is your laundry room decorated cute? Do you have all your Christmas decorations up already? Have you bought this cute outfit? Are you signing your kids up for all this? Have you done the craft? I mean, I'm using some generic things here, but if we try to see what the world is telling us to do as a mom, it's not that. So we have to be so careful. And how do we do that is grounding ourselves in faith every day and knowing God's word. And I think that, we do put, there's such a fine line and we don't do it on purpose because so many of us moms who are sitting here right now listening, of course, we want to build our families on virtue and strong foundations. Of course we do. And it's, we don't intentionally give up our quiet time, our, our Bible study, whatever it might be, but it, it's one of those things that's kind of like our workout routine. We look back and we think, oh my gosh, I I was doing that for six weeks in a row, very committed and regularly. What happened? When did it fade away? I can't even put my finger on it. And that's how we, I think, as busy moms in today's world, we, we are so battered by this worldly message and keeping up and and not even keeping up to some image, just keeping up with our families, that it is so hard. And I appreciate you laying out those three things because it's the truth. If if we don't hold to, the, to those, we are going to find it difficult to be obedient mm-hmm. to the yes we're supposed to say. For many years, Christians have used the season of Lent to prepare for Jesus' resurrection. Did you know that we have a Together for Easter game that helps you to use that time for reflection, to prepare for the coming of our risen Lord at Easter? Think of Advent, how you have a calendar to count up the days to Christmas. This is what we do for your Lenten journey, and you get an 11 by 17 fold out page that is a blank path for your stickers to fill in the path to the empty tomb. You get a card insert. It starts all kinds of conversation with your family based on Bible verses beginning Ash Wednesday. You use it each Sunday up until Holy Week, the week before Easter, and then you use it every day of that week until Easter. Each week has a theme and you discuss the words on the card, focus on the theme each week, and use both sticker sheets for each day. There's 14 stickers that are family discussions and then there's 14 stickers that are grow individually so that you can use it to take time for personal reflection by sticking it to the top of our free journaling page available for download on our website. We understand how much you want to make the small moments count, and we will help you to make those big through meaningful conversation that helps you grow together. Don't miss out on this wonderful tool to help your family to keep moving forward, especially during this Lenten season. Order your Together for Easter game at togethermoments.com. And to give you a little extra conversation starter to follow this episode Here's our sticker from our fifth Sunday of Lent that talks about commitment. What does commitment involve and what values are gained from it? So what a great conversation to have regarding your commitment to fostering those values of self-control and hard work and gratitude and all these great things we're talking about. Again, order your Together for Easter at TogetherMoments.com. Don't forget to use code LENT. 23 at checkout and save 20% on your together for Easter now through the end of February. And it is okay if your family starts after Ash Wednesday. You can easily catch right up. So tell us because you have a 12-year-old and an 11-year-old and you're running around and and doing everything that a lot of us sitting here are doing. What are some habits you have in place that really help you Jess, to keep True to that, and to to really make it fit in your real life.
1: Yeah, I I love this because I'm I'm like practical Patty. Like you've got to tell me how you know how do I do that? Yes, I want that. I want the gift of a strong foundation of faith in my family, but in the day to day, what does that actually look like? And for me, it looks like this. I. I do have morning devotion time. Uh, I get up before my kids get up and I've been doing that for several years. Now, that was incredibly hard at first. Like I was super inconsistent. I would do like two days and then I'd two weeks would go by and I wouldn't have my pr- private time. But I I've found that when I did do that and when I did just get up in the morning, even if I only had 10 minutes of that quiet time, then I was more able to handle the curveballs that life threw me throughout the day. So that's one thing that I do. But here's another thing. If you're like not a morning person and you're like, oh gosh, everyone says I'm supposed to get up and have coffee with Jesus, but I barely can have coffee until my brain is like awake, you know, all the things. um, I would say this, if you're a mom, you're chauffeuring. At some point, you are shuttling kids in a car somewhere to something let your car become your prayer room. Like let it just become that and get in your car, listen to podcasts like this that encourage you to deepen your faith. Listen to the bio, audio Bible, you know, fill that moment with a, a time to teach yourself, to preach encouragement to yourself. Um, audiobooks are great for that. And that's one of the things that I do on my commutes when I'm taking kids to youth group or I'm going to church I usually have about a 40 minute round trip to uh, round trip. Yeah, time. Anyway, uh, and so I use that time. I listen to my friends' podcasts. I listen to, um, you know, radio preachers. I listen to the Bible, the audio Bible, and that has helped me fill in the gaps when I don't have the designated quiet time that I need.
0: This is funny because I know that today as we record, you were just on Audra Haney's podcast, the 5-Minute Mom podcast. Yep. And she was on mine on, let me look it up. You're going to hear paper, papers wrestling. I'm sorry. She was on episode 22 called How Beautiful Jesus Must Find the Mother Seeking Him in the Chaos. But she does a like a three-minute Podcast daily, where she's reading. She picks a different book of the Bible to read. I don't know what she's in right now. First Peter, maybe. But
1: she, um, she last week Jude, actually. I think. What's that? I think she just finished the book of Jude. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's John. But at any, I know. I love that podcast for that reason. Cause it's like, just like, okay, I'm just going to get a quick digest. And I do. Yes. And
0: it was actually last week and I had woken up and I was going running around and I do my devotional right when my kids get on the bus. It's the very first thing I do. I sit down because it forces me to do that before Nathan wakes up, but I didn't have a chance to do it. Cause I was running around. I, I had to be somewhere, but I thought, oh, I can listen to Audra and I will be fed because she's going to read me the Bible in her awesome voice (laughs) And, and be there. So I, I'm glad that you gave us some practical tips and you actually spend a lot of your time in your book talking about getting through life's storms. And at the end of chapter 15, you write, when we face a hurdle on the journey, we must refocus our faith and our trust toward God. We might need to get some momentum and begin moving so God can guide us. If we set our hearts and minds on him, God will provide a way around, over, or through the hurdle. And I think what we were just talking about with just these practical ways to stay in every day, this still, we need to speak to that mom who feels like, gosh, I I have all these hurdles. And I... I feel like I I just don't even know how to get my momentum back, and I want to be there. Please tell the mom listening on the other side who feels she's lost that consistency in her faith, but not just the routine of it, but, but the real consistency in trusting God and knowing his voice. Please tell her what are some real things she can do right now, today to get the momentum back and not feel so weary.
1: I love this question. And I love this mama. I I have been that mom. I've been that mom. I've been there. I've been in the trenches. I've been in that dark, unknown space of limbo. Like, okay, God, like I, I said, I would follow you, but now what? I don't hear anything. I don't feel anything. Like there's no sense of you present whatsoever. And I think the first thing that I would say to that mama is this, Jesus loves you. Just like the lullaby, just like the Bible school message says, Jesus loves you right where you're at. Just because you don't feel the emotion or the warm Holy Spirit hug or whatever that you may get in a worship set, Jesus is right there with you. He sees you. He's next to you. And just simply release yourself and just say, hey, God, I'm here. I want more of you in my life. I want more of your presence. I want more of your companionship. Help me find the the process or the routine that will cultivate a deeper relationship with you. And that really will set off. It's like a catalyst, that little surrender is a catalyst to what will change and will grow the more practical things. So for me, what it ended up looking like was I, I started to pray more often and I just, you know, it says, the word says pray without ceasing. Well, that seemed impossible to me. I'm like, I can't like go in my room and on my knees with my hands together and, you know, have this very awe inspired prayer, but my prayers became quick, constant, Conversations with God. I, I'd be in the grocery store and I'd see a mom with a little kid who was having a total meltdown. And I'm like, oh glory, I have been there. And I would quickly just say a prayer, I'd be like, Lord, just help that mama have patience and help that baby understand that this is not going to get them what they want in Jesus' mighty name. And then I'd just carry on. I mean, obviously it's it's a short little tiny prayer, but I started praying more consistently and then I started seeing miracles through that prayer journey. And then another aspect that I would say for that mama is, you know, who are you serving? You're serving your family a hundred percent. Like your mission field is your family. And so start looking at your family as your church and you're the pastor. You're the minister in your family. So don't feel that pressure like, oh, I've got to go volunteer and I've got to be like the head of the soup kitchen and I've got to, got to, got to, got to. That's like, that is just overwhelming and that increases your anxiety and your depression and everything else. So think about your your kids. Right now, my kids are tweens, almost teenagers. And so for me, I ask myself regularly, are my children exhibiting godly self-confidence? And if I don't see it, how can I encourage it? That's my job as their quote unquote family pastor is to help them do that. So then God speaks to that. He's like, you need to spend more time with your son. Like my son asked me the other day, mom, will you come play baseball with me? And I thought to myself, oh, I don't want to do this. This is not, you know, me playing catcher to my son. It doesn't feel like ministry. Um, And it actually isn't something that I, you know, thoroughly enjoy. But in that moment, God just highlighted in my head, this is how you build your son's confidence. You participate in the things that bring him joy. And I was like, okay. So I get down on, I squat down just like a catcher does. And I, you know, catch a few um, pitches and all that. And, And it was that little moment I could tell my son really enjoyed that. He was like, "Yeah, mom. Mom did something fun with me today." So, mama, just know those little things that you do do not underestimate. That is making an eternal impact in your kid.
0: What I'm hearing you say, Jess, is change your perspective. Really, change it. And you started by saying the surrender is in the catalyst. It's it's not a very um, encouraged trait character trait in our culture to surrender yourself (laughs) to give up self And, and that's what it really comes down to right is making sure that we do keep our first ministry our home i've heard it called the domestic church it's our domestic church it's our home church yeah and if we know who we are in that role I'm just so glad you brought this whole conversation because it's so empowering as the mom who maybe has lost her momentum or who feels behind, even though she's not behind, um, just right, that it's okay. This is okay. You're fine. You just embrace the surrender
1: and know that this can work. When you were talking about the domestic church. And, you know, that is our nuclear families, our domestic church. And when we do a good job of being these ministers of our faith, right, as moms, then we guard our children and our families, to be fair, from making a building, a church community uh the capital C church the broader church because let's face it like churches and pastors fail we see scandals every day like you know that goes up and down up and down but when we establish in our own homes that this is church our community is church then we sort of guard our children and our communities from being to have the distaste of when a pastor fails or when a church closes, et cetera,
0: et cetera. I couldn't agree more. I think that our world is so incredibly secular that nothing is making families look at their home as much as they should be to build holy, holy families. And also it's so hard to choose holy family because it's much easier to take the alternative. There's no work.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I am actually one of my products that I am in the middle of creating and releasing. And I don't know by the time this podcast airs or this episode airs, have I brought it out into the world yet? I'm not sure. It's in development phase. My designer is working on it, but it's a mom journal and it's called To Gather Who I Am. I think Bible study meets journal meets a devotional. Because we have to take time to do that, right? What,
1: what
0: is your, what would you say you writing this book, Jess? Just re-examining how God has charted your course for you and how you've answered that. What would you say, looking back, has been maybe the greatest? And this is a big question. (laughs) Sorry, Mm -hmm. I didn't give you this ahead of time. Like your greatest. realization of yourself, like you're so grateful God used this experience of writing this and diving deep to, to reveal who you are in, in your role for your time in your ministry here on earth? Yeah,
1: that is a big question. Um, but I think I know the answer to it, which is nice. I, God has been clarifying for me, uh, who he made me to be. So As you mentioned, probably in the intro, you know, I was an actress living in New York. I pursued acting. I was a big dreamer. Like I mentioned before, I was a big risk taker. And so God has baked that into my personality so that I can encourage, in fact, pull some individuals along on the journey. And this is sort of what God is helping me to realize I am a person. That can help get others' toes to the edge of their faith. Like just get right out on the edge of where they're comfortable believing. And then I'm that friendly little, you know, nudge. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, good. I'm glad you're on the edge. Boop! <laughs> and just push them right over the edge. Like, hey, now you're gonna believe for miracles that you never thought possible. Because I always want to empower others around me to not stop short when god has called them to something amazing i don't want you to stop at i almost did that i don't want anyone that i know to almost complete their calling and i know that through the power of the holy spirit through you know bringing these messages of god's truth and his character and his nature that i will help other women other people in ministry to complete the journey that's what charter course was about it was about not just starting it and being clear but to practically go day by day turn by turn until you get to the final destination until you get to the end and and this is what i hope for every person that encounters me that reads my books that when they get to heaven God says to them well done good and faithful servant. That's what I hope for myself and that's what I hope anybody that encounters me will have that same testimony.
0: Ah, oh, wow. Thank you for just sharing all that through your book because anyone who's listening to you and I get the privilege of looking at you, listening to you <laughs> would want you as their dear friend. So how amazing that God used you to be their friend through this book and say, Hey, I'm here for you. This is beautiful. You, I just, I thank you for sending me your book. I have your book and I have not been able to read it because I just got it, but I've skimmed through it and read some of it. And I just love it. And I, everybody on here should definitely go check out your book and You just told us you would give us the practical things to do day by day and turn by turn to push us to the edge of our faith to -hmm. just dive in full force. And I know that's what we want as moms because we all realize what a gift as mothers and the leaders of our families, what a mother with a strong faith can bring to our children. And when we build our solid family on that, Imagine what that's going to do to the people right around us in our communities. Absolutely. And the question I ask every guest, what's one thing helping your family stick together right now?
1: We love to play cards. We are a card-playing family, so we play this card game called Nine Hole Golf, Uh, we also do movie nights together. And the last thing that really helps us stick, well, there's lots of things sticking to me, um, is because my daughter has developed this incredible baking habit (laughs) through all of these sort of quarantines. we are like, what are we going to do with, you know, three hours of our time? And she's like, I'm going to make a brown butter carrot cake. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So those are pretty much the three things that are keeping us stuck together. I love that. She's actually quite good. She's very talented. So we, we get to eat a lot of yummy things.
0: That is so fun. Yes, this time of 2020 has been unexpected for a whole lot of creative, creativity to pop out. And I just love that. <laughs> All right, Jess, very last thing here. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get your book, where's your favorite place to hang out and hear from you.
1: Yeah. So you can go on my website that has all of the things. Um, my website is Jessica So So dot C O. My book is on Amazon for purchase and I am on Instagram because we love Instagram most often. And that is my Instagram handle is Jess underscore Carrie a Z because I love Arizona. Thank
0: you for being here. This has been such a fun interview to sit with you. And I just, I'm so excited for all of our audience to hear from you and our together family. They're just going to love you. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. It's been awesome. (laughs)